every day, every hour. Praise the Lord. Welcome again to our service. Good to see each one here. I invite you now to take your Bible and turn to 1 John. And we're going to begin the beginning of his letter, chapter 1, the first 10 verses. 1 John, chapter 1. We want to share a message on joyful fellowship. Thursday and Friday, we were honored to have a Romanian couple spend time with us. If you recall the Romanian choir that was here the other year, uh, Brother Edward was the director, and he and his wife came and spent two days, a very enriching time together. Her first time in America, her first time in an airplane. She survived. (laughs) So we did have a joyful time. Um, Edward's English is a bit broken, but he can understand pretty good. And we'd be talking to her. We thought she was understanding. She'd say yes and shook her head, and sometimes she had no clue what we were saying. <laughs> Found that out later. All right, if you have your Bible open there, let's begin. First John chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Father, thank you for your word today. As John tried his best to make it so clear that he walked with you. He knew you. He, you were his close friend. And Lord, that we as sinners need Jesus. We just sang that beautiful song, we need him. Oh, how we need him. We wouldn't want to face a day without him. And so Lord, I pray today that you would share truth from my lips to the hearts of all of us today that Lord, we could better walk with you in fellowship and that with our fellow man. So bless our time together now as we look into your word. In Jesus' worthy name we pray and everyone said, Amen. I mentioned about our guests being on our home because we had good fellowship. If I were to ask you this morning, how many really don't care to have fellowship? I don't think one hand would go up. Because we do enjoy one another and also 
we want to have fellowship with God and our fellow man. I think of it this way, joy is, is a wonderful thing to experience, but isn't it always better when you can share your happiness and joy with someone else? And then think of the times that are hard, pain, suffering, sorrow, how we need another person to share and to know that they care. Our text is found there in verse 7, and I'll read it again. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Today, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we want to see this truth more clearly. Not only do we desire joyful fellowship with God, but God wants us to have that. He wills that for us. You know, he has created a void in every one of us that needs to be filled, and only he can fill it. So many reach out to all kinds of things to fill that. But without Christ, they're not happy in life. Thank the Lord as he comes and lives within, we have that joyful fellowship. That's why Jesus came in the first place. That's why God the Father sent his son to earth to die. Because that was the only way that we could be reconciled back to God. Because sin had separated us. And we want this fellowship that he desires for us and that we desire. It had to be through Jesus Christ. Well, let's look closely now at these verses found here in 1 John chapter 1. What was the purpose and a plan of his proclamation? Well, I believe John makes it very clear as he begins this chapter, establishing his authority that he was there. He, he knew Jesus pers- in a personal way. It's not something that he's saying comes secondhand at all because he saw it with his own eyes. You know, when you're in a court of law and they want you to give a testimony, they don't want you to stand up and say, well, so-and-so told me. They want to hear you say, I was there, I saw. That is the first-hand testimony. It's so important. So what is the reason for him to write this down? Well, I believe John wants you and, and all of mankind to see clearly the true nature of Jesus Christ. He does this by using very clear uh, and concise language with authority. He wants every one of us and those in his day to understand that Jesus indeed was human in the flesh. He saw him. But also that Jesus was and is the divine son of God. Now these are two facts about the nature of Christ that we must never overlook. John goes on then to show us the deity of Christ in three phases so that we can begin to understand the purpose and the plan of what he's trying to proclaim. First of all, that Jesus was from the beginning an eternal being. I believe he may have been looking back to the Genesis story at that point. Uh, Back in the Gospel, John, the author of whom most of us believe is this John that we're studying today, uh, he sets forth that Christ, as the word, existed with God in the beginning. These words, in the beginning, set Christ forth as the divine word. 
as he was at the very foundation of the world. Secondly, Jesus is the word of life, the living word, the word of God. He's, he's God revealing and speaking to man, making himself known to us all. There are many words about God, some are true, some are false that you hear today. Many men have said, well, they have a special word from God from the beginning of time, but really the only true and living translation is what we have before us in God's word himself to man, and that came through Jesus Christ. The, pro the prophets foretold his coming, and the, the apostles declared that, yes, he had come. This, that he is the eternal word of life. To our finite minds, it may be at times difficult to conceive the meaning of the word eternal, but it best expresses the timelessness of God. So Jesus was with the Father, possessing that timelessness and life before he came to this world. John had no doubt about this, and he desires us to believe the same and not to doubt. Now, the real problem he was facing was with those who did not believe in Christ's humanity. If you study the scriptures and, and study Greek helps and so forth, you would soon realize there was a false teaching that was prevailing in John's day. It was the era of the Gnostic teaching had, had begun to creep crept into the very church itself, a belief that Christ only appeared to be physical. But in reality, he wasn't. They just could not believe him to be the God-man. On one side being human and, and, and the other side being godly. Because they believed that their sin was found in the flesh and in all around them was sinful. So then if Christ was divine and sinless, he had to only appear to be human. And so they're saying, well, what we really see isn't reality. Now, it sounds silly to us, but they really believe this. But notice how quickly John disposes this heresy. In one verse, he says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. He was simply saying Jesus was right there with us. We rubbed shoulders together. Uh, we, we saw him in person. He was real. It's hard to discount and not to believe, but Jesus was more than just a vision or a legend. He, John had lived with him, walked with him for more than three years as he had his earthly ministry. Thirdly, this proclamation was to give joyful fellowship. Joyful fellowship. To, to John, there was no question to the reality of Jesus in his God-man nature. Jesus came to be the light of the world. John doesn't just, or God doesn't just like light. He is the light. <laughs> he didn't just prefer it. He is the light. So the bottom line for mankind to genuinely 
have that joyful fellowship is that there cannot be darkness mixed with light. We must not ever resist any light that the Lord would bring upon our path. And what I mean by that is when you're reading the scriptures, I like what Stan said this morning in class, if you... If you're reading the scriptures, you should have learned something new a year ago. You should have learned something new last month. And you should have learned something new today. It's that light of the word that comes into our life. Now, there may be times that the Lord lays his hand on a certain area of your life that you need to change. That's his light revealing and trying to dispel any darkness that may be there. And so never resist that. Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to us through the word, through the scriptures. It may be that personal quiet time that you have with the Lord. I trust you have that daily. Reading the Bible. uh, Maybe hearing the scriptures shared in a class being preached to you. But we need to spend time with the Lord. A verse that I'm sure many of us would have memorized is Psalm one. 19 verse 105 thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path so when we sense the lord is speaking what should be our response how do we respond if you want to obey and do what god has shown you then you walk in that light or that revelation as our text there in verse 7 says to us this this is crucial in receiving and maintaining a joyful fellowship both with God and with our fellow man. To stop and to back up on light will bring darkness to the soul. John taught us there in John 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. This is Jesus speaking. And when one is following Jesus and and doing his will, they will not be walking in darkness. Or if they are soon, it can be the Holy Spirit will quicken and check them and they'll ask God to cleanse. In John 12, verse 35, Jesus says, Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. You see, here Jesus is giving to them a warning. That they which do not believe and abide in him uh, they don't know what's ahead of them or what might happen. But friends, if we do not obey and continue to walk in the light, what light we have can become darkness to us. We can backslide and we need to fall on our face and ask God to again forgive us and to restate us. He'll surely pardon, praise his name. He doesn't turn one away. Because he wants you to have that joyful fellowship. As we walk in obedience, God dwells in light for he is light. We read in James 1 uh, verse 17, the latter part of that verse, the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. The NIV says that he does not change like shifting shadows. We recognize this, we know that light will show us where we stand. And I think it's good sometimes to say, Lord, search my heart. Shine the the light of heaven into my soul. If there's anything there that is not pleasing to you, 
Cleanse it out in the name of Christ. As he does those things, he can lay his hand. Maybe it's a bad habit. Maybe it's a secret sin that you're, you're dealing with or struggling with. And he wants to cleanse that. Let it go. Let him change us. Notice verse 8 and 10 there in 1 John. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we say that we have not sinned, then we make him a liar and the word is not in us. Now remember, John is dealing here with these false teachers who said they didn't really sin in in their soul or their spirit. It was just a flesh part of them. If we deny our sin and our need of Christ, we're only fooling one person. That's ourself. We cannot experience the truth found only in Christ until we confess the truth that we are truly sinners. A lot of us grew up in the church. I, I remember as a young lad, my mother often told me that I was a good boy because Ram was always getting in trouble. And so when I would think about being saved, I thought, well, I, I'm a good boy. But you know, the Lord used the truth that if it's one sin or many sins, we're still a sinner. And then I thought, oh, yes, uh, I know I did that, and I know I did that. <clears throat> Not as bad as my twin, but I did it. And so the Lord revealed to me, I, too, was a sinner. I needed to come to him for forgiveness. And so that's every one of us, no matter what, how good your family was, that doesn't save you. It doesn't save you. Sorry, Stan, i of preaching your Sunday school lesson there. That was a good lesson this morning. It was really a challenge to our hearts. But no matter what godly parents we had we don't go to heaven holding on to their coattail every one of us must have our own personal experience with Jesus Christ so then he who deceives himself but accuses God of being a liar when he says he doesn't sin the phrase not in us means the word of the gospel has not changed either our hearts or our conduct Look there, verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. John is trying his best to make it clear, and he couldn't have made it any plainer, I believe. Uh, You can't cover up sin and get away with it. I'm so thankful for the, the faithfulness of the Holy Spirit to bring conviction to a heart. We want to be more like Christ. I've heard people say that they knew what they were doing was wrong, but that God would overlook their sin, and he'll forgive us in time. You know, that's dangerous thinking, to presume upon God's mercy. Oh, I would much rather be living by God's help and obeying the light that the Holy Spirit brings across our pathway. Time is short, friends. It's no time to slack off now. Let's do what is right, not what seems right in your own eyes. Let's take heed to the scriptures. Don't you desire what John says there in verse 4? And these things we write to you that your joy may be half full. No. That your joy may be what? Full. Full to the top. I think what he's saying is overflowing joy. (laughs) Friends, may I say it like this? That's really living it up. 
Amen. The way the world, they don't, they don't know anything about what we're saying here. They think they're having fun, but, you know, a night of fun to them is drinking and going home drunk, and then the morning, there's that hangover. Well, I'm so thankful that when the Holy Spirit comes and blesses you, fills you, the points where sometimes you think, Lord, I can't take anymore, there's no hangover. <laughs> it's a full of joy and blessing. We have an enemy of our soul who's fighting us all every day to try to weaken our faith, to take our eyes off of Jesus. But listen, take that special time with him every day. Spend time with him. Snuggle up close in your prayer and Bible reading. And the Lord will help clear up questions and unresolved situations in your life that you can live at peace with all men. Only God can help us there. His light not only reveals how to walk, but how uh, we, he'll enable us to give, give us strength to do what he asks of us. We live in a world of darkness where men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. John tells us that in John 3. But praise God in verse 9 here in, in John 1, 1 John 1, if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the response. No sin is unforgivable in God's eyes. May the blood of Jesus keep us covered and cleansed daily. Confess your shortcomings. The Bible says confess your sins one to another that you'll be cleansed. As the Holy Spirit reveals, oh, let's seek his forgiveness and cleansing. You know, I might add here that I have worked with, with good saints of God in the church where the devil can't push them into some deep sins, but he can then pull them to the point where they're so sensitive, every little thing they struggle with, and it brings confusion into their lives. One thing I want you to remember, don't Trust your feelings. They come and go. Now, I'm going to make a statement. It might surprise you, but there may be some days you'll get up and you're not going to feel much like a Christian. But don't listen to the feelings. Remember the faith that you have in Christ and in his word. The devil tries to steal the blessing from us. Snuggle up to Jesus. Let's stand for what is good, what is right, safely in God's word, and know that peace that passeth all understanding. How, how can you explain it? But when you have it, you know it. Our hearts can be clear before the Lord as we rest in him. As I was preparing this song, I thought of a, a hymn that I hadn't heard sung in a long time. And I think it goes way back to my childhood, but oh, the words are tremendous. It's entitled, Nothing Between. How many remember that old song? Yes, I see a lot of hands going up. I want to share the, the last verse in the chorus. Nothing between, even many hard trials. Though the whole world against me convene, watching with prayer and much self-denial, I'll triumph at last with nothing between. And then the chorus, nothing between my soul and the Savior, 
so that his blessed face may be seen, nothing preventing the least of his favor. Keep the way clear, let nothing between. That's a good place to be. Amen. Would you stand with us now as the worship team comes and we conclude our service today?